The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Happy Friday, everybody. We got a bonus mailbag episode for you here on Fantasy Football Today. And we got a bonus Jacob Gibbs episode as well. He's stepping up to the plate. Nobody wanted to do the mailbag. I was like, hey, anybody want to do a mailbag? Didn't hear. Just crickets. Is I, do I have a cricket <laughs> sound? I got crickets. Where are you, crickets? These are these there are it is. <laughs> crickets. I've heard better crickets than that, but that's what I heard. Uh, but Jacob was like, I'll do it. So thanks for stepping up, man. Happy Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm always uh, always happy to come on, ask some questions uh, anytime you need me. Good stuff. And we have so many emails. I think I got 12 in the notes today. Uh, we do have some some injury stuff and just news items. You got heard. You probably saw what the Philadelphia running back coach, Jamel Singleton, said. He didn't really promote the idea of an every down running back. We know Amari Cooper's got an injury. He might miss the start of training camp. Uh, Saquon Barkley's being a little evasive about his timetable, just really not giving one, saying he's going one day at a time. But we're going to save that for next week. We'll catch up on all the offseason news. We just want to talk. Uh, we just want to answer your emails today in this kind of mini episode, this little mailbag here. Big weekend plans, Jacob? Nothing really. No, just kind of catching up. I've been traveling a lot lately, so I've still got some work to get caught up on. Kind of boring. Oh, that is pretty boring. And, Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's okay. I got nothing planned either. Um, I am planning for Tuesday night. Hope you join us on youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We're live at 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night for a PPR mock draft. And Ben Gretsch is coming on. He's going to join us. That, yes, I know. I'm pumped for that. He'll be on the live stream. And again, it's youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Comment on our mock draft. Ask us questions. You can make picks for us as well. Subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you on youtube.com slash fantasy football today, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. All right, Daniel in Indianapolis has the first question. Our email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'm currently trying to get younger in my dynasty league. It's a one-quarterback league. I have previously offered Devontae Adams and a 2022 fifth-round rookie pick for A.J. Brown and a third-round rookie pick. So I offered Adams and a fifth for A.J. Brown and a third. Um, wasn't really touched on in the emergency podcast, but would you consider A.J. Brown a dynasty buy low after the Julio trade? I, I mean, I love that deal. If you can get that done, I would rather have A.J. Brown than Adams in Dynasty, honestly. He's my wide receiver one. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this? I don't, it's hard to ever call A.J. Brown and buy low because everyone knows how awesome he is. But uh, Yeah, I think if, they're if close can, enough. You, I would do this trade. Yeah, if you can get him for anything less than like top two or three receiver value, then absolutely, yeah. Right. All right, from Dan in, North, in a North Carolina city, we will go with Durham. I'm not going to be very good at these. 
Hey, Sam, Norm, Cliff, Coach, and Woody. I'm not going to be good at these either. You don't know that? That, sound, that sounds vaguely familiar, like maybe one of the old TV shows bum, that I'm just too young for. Cheers. There you go. There it is. All right. Yeah, Schrager still doesn't know what it is. Uh, that is cheers. During the uh, live draft, I think this is from Tuesday night's mock draft that we were, that we did on YouTube. Um, you answered my question, but uh, I guess we didn't do it adequately enough. So I guess we never really answered it. We just asked it. So here's the question. In a full redraft league, snake draft, with a pick close to the turn, how differently do you approach your picks in the odd versus even rounds? Are you more reachy on the way to the long swing? Best player available on the short swing? Is there even a noticeable difference in how you approach the picks each way? I don't think there's a difference necessarily between the odd and even rounds for me. Um, I don't know. I think it, it kind of depends. It's going to go like each group of picks um, for me, depending on how the, the team is going, how um, you sense that the draft is flowing. You know what I mean? Like, so especially the the most recent relevant example that comes to mind is like, if you're in a super flex league or something, you kind of get a feel for how the quarterbacks are going. You know what I mean? And sometimes you do have to, reach for like positional scarcity or something like that but i don't know do you have anything on this one well yeah so so okay let's talk we're we're talking picks 10 to 12 right Um, okay you know what you do is you have you're never drafting a quarterback that early at least we're not so let's just take the first two picks uh you have maybe three or four running backs you like maybe three or four wide receivers you like um but you have to see you have you have to do you have to do your tiers and mm-hmm. you have to see with your first pick, am I more likely to get the running back that I like in the second round or the wide receiver that I like in the second round? And and that is how you base your first pick. Or maybe you want two running backs, maybe you want two wide receivers. But the bottom line is you tier your players and you have to have to determine what you think is more likely to get in the uh, in the second round. And that is, you know, what you what you use as a as an X factor in your first pick. Um, I would not take a tight end. Other than Kelsey, I would not take Waller or Kittle with picks 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or 15. I wouldn't personally do that. I know Chris Towers would. Uh, so I'm not even looking. I'm only looking at running backs and wide receivers with picks 10 through 12. And yeah, pick one is a little bit different. Now, pick two, do I reach? Um, no, I don't think I do. I, I Again, I'm looking at running backs and wide receivers. And if the best wide receiver on the board is like let's say like wide receiver eight i don't think that's going to be the case that's just not that's not going to be the case let's say it's uh justin jefferson who usually goes a little bit later and the best running back on the board is maybe nick chubb in ppr um or joe mixon well mixon might go later i don't know i have to look at adp um no, I'm I'm pretty confident in in the players I'm going to get in rounds three and four that I'll just take whoever I like best. I'm not going to reach. Now, uh, in round in round three and four, you might have to reach if you see if running back is going really heavily in that draft or something, and you don't you know you don't want to wait till round five six to get a David Johnson type or something like that. Then yeah, you you might you might. 
depends on your philosophy, you, how comfortable you are with kind of a, like a one RB. Yeah, you might have to reach for a running back and take like a David Montgomery or something like that. But it, just starting off in rounds one and two, I'm not reaching at all, and I'm not yeah. looking at a tight end. And, and you first Adam, pick, the other thing, deeper in drafts, maybe you think it's a reach, maybe it's not, but you should always look at if you're at the tenth pick, who eleven and twelve need, right. what position. Yeah, always. Yeah, for sure. You're going to take a tight end early, but it's six picks earlier than they should go. Definitely take it before you can get stolen by someone else. I I guess here's a good here's a good one, right? Let's say you have um the tenth pick and you're picking fifteenth in the second round, right? Eleven, twelve. Yeah. You're picking fifteenth. Uh and let's say you took a running back in round one. Let's say you took uh Austin Eckler. So you could then I'm just looking at ADP on NFC. Do you take Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins? Calvin Ridley, someone in that group? Or do you take Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson? I personally like those wide receivers better. What about you, Jacob? I like the receivers better. Like, um, all things equal, I would take Calvin Ridley there, I think. But um, I think, yeah, this is a situation where you do have to consider that it's going to be a long time before your next pick, and right. that's generally where the rest of the running backs go before you hit that running back dead zone. Um, right. So maybe you do just yeah load up on the two running backs there and and hope that you can get you know one good receiver falls to you with your third pick. Right. So so let's say you're uh you know you took that running back in the first round. Now you're you're going either Ridley or uh, or Najee Harris or Mixon, right? Mm-hmm. It, with your next pick based on ADP, you could be looking at Allen Robinson, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, that group, Chris Godwin. Right. Or and I like those guys way more than David Montgomery or David Montgomery, Jacobs. Josh yeah. Jacobs, Chris Carson. Okay. So th- so that means you can take so yeah. So I think you can do whatever you want there. And it just depends on how much you like those running backs. You might hate those running backs. You might hate Jacobs, Montgomery, Carson. You know, I'm fine with Carson there. ETN. Uh I, you know, Carson would be my pick, I guess. But Unfortunately, like I would love for Terry McLaurin to drop there. Right now, he's he's like the wide receiver that goes just before that group. Right. You know, if I could, could tell me McLaurin was going to go there, I'd probably go running back. If if I knew McLaurin and Keenan Allen were off the board, you know, that's a that's a better case to go um, wide receiver. I get. Well, I don't know. I guess you got kind of conflicting answers there. But these are the decisions that you're going to have to make. Okay, let's go to Patrick. Patrick says, "Dear Frank, Brandon." Eno, Kalen, and Nikhil. Are these... I only know one Nikhil. <laughs> um... Yeah, are these uh like Sun Devils? That's what I was like. Brandon, Arizona Brandon, State, probably, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking right. Arizona State, it's probably yeah. Arizona State. <laughs> I don't know the rest. <laughs> yeah. uh, on Monday's podcast, you talked about how going safe at tight end is drafting one of the first three. Well, last year in my first two drafts, I had the fifth pick in both. The first one, I drafted Dalvin Cook. The second one, um, I drafted safe, and I went with Michael Thomas and George Kittle. It was the worst team in my last eight years, maybe ever. We all know that nothing is 100% guaranteed, but pivoting off running back last year left a real sour taste in my mouth. Um, So, yeah, I think he just wants to know, like, do we consider those tight ends to be safe? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll take one of the big three tight ends if the price is right. I think I grabbed Kittle in our live draft last week um, in the third round. 
Um, but yeah, I generally lean towards taking running backs early. Um, I get what he's saying. I don't know. I think that's safer than taking tight end, generally speaking. Um, there's been plenty of research done that shows the hit rate drops off significantly after the first few rounds at running back. Um, but yeah, I'm generally going, uh, especially in years past, with one of the top three running, the top three tight ends or waiting at the position. But this year, I think you actually, there are a couple mid-round guys. I generally avoid the mid-round tight ends, but I really like Hawkinson uh, particularly. So, um, yeah, I, it's kind of, I, I'm not really sure I understand the question in terms of running backs or tight ends early, but I definitely lean towards running backs early. Yeah, look, t- Thomas and Kittle both got hurt. So it's not like Kittle played right. poorly. Kittle was good. Yeah. He played. Thomas wasn't, he didn't catch a touchdown, but he was hurt all year. And Drew Brees was hurt for half of Thomas's games. So I don't think I think you made great picks. <laughs> Cook Thomas Kittle was an amazing way to start a team. You got unlucky. So if you got unlucky last year because of injuries, I don't think it should completely affect your strategy. Uh, but I don't think Kittle's safe. I, I do not think Kittle is safe. Uh, I've talked about this. He is injury prone. Brandon Ayuk is the best. I think the best wide receiver he's played with. Debo Samuel was good as well. And um, they might change quarterbacks. They might go to more of a, of a mobile quarterback who isn't going to throw for as many yards or as many touchdowns. So I don't consider Kittle safe. I'm prob- probably not drafting him unless I just feel it's a steal late in round three. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, from Jeff, a retired U.S. Air Force member from a town in the Emerald Coast of Florida. Ben, you live in Florida. Uh, I'm not from Florida, though. Where is the Emerald Coast? I have no idea. Nothing. I also don't know. I think it's like the West Coast, like Naples area. Can you Google that? Take a look. Dear Walter, Gail, Cedric, Neil, and Matt. Those are Bears. Those are, yeah, Bears running backs. I'd like your thoughts on how you think Brandon Ayuk will do this year and with Debo and Kittle both back in a possible change at quarterback. I think Ayuk is being overvalued, whereas I feel Paris Campbell and Trey Sermon are being undervalued in the dynasty community. So I made a trade and would like your thoughts. Um, I traded Ayuk, Khalil Herbert, and Benny Snell for Trey Sermon, Paris Campbell, Russell Gage, T.Y. Hilton, a 2022 second and a third round draft pick. So he gave up Ayuk. Crazy trade. (laughs) Ayuk, Khalil Herbert, and Benny Snell for Sermon, Paris Campbell, Russell Gage, Hilton, and a second and third next year. This is uh, this is tough because I really love, really, really love Paris Campbell, um, and I am big on Sermon as well. Um, but I just don't like trades where I give her the best player, and I think Ayuk is clearly the most valuable player in that trade. Um, what do you think about the trade itself before we talk about Ayuk? I, I think you're going to need Sermon to to be surprisingly good to give to, yeah. for this trade. I don't think you really have a ton there, but although. You have Ayuk, Khalil Herbert, Benny Snell. Right now, you've one starter there. You can mm-hmm. start Paris Campbell in a deeper league. You can. It's a dynasty league. I mean, it could be pretty deep rosters. You can start Russell Gage. You can start T.Y. Hilton, and you're getting a second and third round pick. And then you got this wild card in Trey Sermon. So I actually, I don't hate it. I I don't think I'd do it just because I'd rather have the best player. And I think we both view that to be Ayuk, mm-hmm. but. You know, you've got more roster flexibility with it. I'm going to give it a, a, a C minus. Say it's a I think a loss. I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't hate it either. It just sounds like he might be underrating Ayuk. Um, I think he's legit, like an absolute stud. Like you said, you think he's the best receiver there. I think so too. 
Um, I have him ranked 16th at wide receiver for Dynasty ahead of guys like Allen Robinson, uh, Mike Evans, Jamar Chase. So I'm super high on him long term. Um, I think there are some concerns about his role this year. Um, is that would you concede that Adam? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know about his role. Just can the, can the 49ers give us a great fantasy wide receiver? They've yeah. never had a guy get more than six receiving touchdowns under Kyle Shanahan um, at any position. They, yeah. they when they have a good defense, they run the ball a ton. They've only had right. a good defense once like a great defense under Shanahan, and that was their Super Bowl year, and they ran the ball a ton. Otherwise, you know, they're a decent passing team, very efficient. I I wouldn't say his role, Jacob. I would say his ceiling just in that yeah. offense. Yeah, so I know I bring up targets per outrun every time I come on here, um, but the 49ers are just another great use case for it um, just because trying to make sense of their raw numbers in terms of their splits is really kind of impossible with all the injuries they had last year. Um, and so here's just an interesting one for Ayuk. Um, and this is a small sample size, uh, came in weeks four through seven, but his target per route run rate was only 15% in the games, both Kittle and Samuel were on the field, uh, which is like Demir Bird, Greg Ward territory. Um, but you compare that to, uh, his rate from week 10 on when both those guys were out, it was 27%, which was fifth among all receivers. Um, that's like insanely impressive for a rookie like rookies don't do that even if they do have teammates injured um so i i really do think he's a stud i think in the right situation he's somebody who could demand a huge target load um but i just don't know if san francisco is that situation um and i, I don't know i i don't want to hold the splits with those guys healthy against them too much um i'm curious what you think about that because it came really early in the season i mean those were his third, fourth, yeah. fifth, and sixth NFL games right. after no no preseason. Um, he's clearly going to be more established presence this year. But um, Kittle is a legitimate target hog, and like Samuel has always been targeted at a high rate too. They're much different targets than the types of targets Ayuk is seeing. Um, but, I mean, like you said, this is a run-first offense, and I, I just don't know if there's going to be enough targets to go around. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if in order for Ayuk to have a special season – there need to be either injuries or Debo Samuel just needs to have a bad year. And yeah. as at least as a receiver, if they use him in the running game, okay, wh- whatever. But I looked at the last five seasons. Are there any teams that have had a top three tight end? And there's a big difference between a top three tight end and a top five tight end. Is, are there any teams that have had a top three tight end and two top 36 wide receivers? And there have been three. None in the last two years, but five years ago, Minnesota. Kyle Rudolph was tight end two. <laughs> Diggs and Thielen were around 30th. Uh, that was, so that was 2016. Um, they never finished top 24. 2017 was Philadelphia with Ertz, Aguilar, and Jeffrey. 2018 was Philadelphia with Ertz, Aguilar, and Jeffrey. Um, none of those wide receivers, you know, none of the wide receivers had huge years. None of them had a thousand yards. Diggs was, Diggs was really good. He only played 13 games. He had 903 yards, three touchdowns, but, um, it doesn't happen that often. And you don't get any top three. You don't get any top three tight ends with a top 15, let's say wide receiver, unless there are no other good pass catchers really. So think Tyree kill Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Think 
last year, Robert Tunyon was tight end three and Devontae <laughs> Adams and nobody else. Uh, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Historically, if you want, at least recent history, if you want Kittle to be a top three tight end and Ayuk to be elite, or, or let's say top 15, top 20, you either need some injuries or you need Debo Samuel to just be like wide receiver 40 or something like that. So that, and also like Kirk Cousins threw for, for uh, almost 5,000 yards that year. The Eagles had that one year where they were where they threw 38 touchdown passes. You, know, <laughs> you just don't, you don't see that from the 49ers. So yeah, it's weird. It's like, I love the player and I, I kind of hate the situation. <laughs> Yeah, I just checked, and I've got him at wide receiver thirty-one, which just seems super low um, right. compared to sixteen for dynasty. So yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried about. But the ball but I'll year. take my chances because I don't think Kittle and Debo are going to play sixteen games each. You know, so yeah. uh, you know you're gonna. He, I think he's going to do better than that if he stays healthy because the other guys won't, and and I just think the cream will rise. I think he's a lot better than Debo Samuel. But yeah, you know, I'll take my chances on him bucking that trend a little bit. I'm just low on Debo. I'm not, I have really no interest in him. All right, this um, is, the Emerald Coast. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I just, I've been there. It's Destin, right? Yeah, Destin, oh, Panama okay. City, Pensacola. Yeah. It's the places we should have gone for spring break and never did. <laughs> yeah. Destin's very nice. All right, here's an email from Corey. Second year, 10-team Superflex Dynasty League. Last year, I made quite a few trades in order to hold the three firsts and three seconds this year in the rookie draft. My two weakest positions are tight end and quarterback. I have picks 1.1, 1.2, and 1.10 in the first rounds. So again, he needs quarterback and tight end. Should I go Lawrence and Pitts? Or should I take Lawrence and Fields uh, and then try to plug and play Troutman or or Gasicki at tight end? The only other quarterback on my roster is Wentz. So he's going to take Lawrence. So the question, I guess, is do you go Fields and Troutman or Gasicki? Or do you go Wentz and Pitts? I think I would take Pitts. I think I would go Lawrence and Pitts, but it's close. I mean, that's that's a toss-up, really. Um, but yes. I think that's who I would lean. I think it's easier to find um, a Fields-level quarterback in the future or even this year than it is to find somebody like Pitts. Okay. Next question is from Khan. Dear Webster, Ernest, Curtis, and Haywood. No idea. Oh, these are... I think I know this. These feel like running backs to me. But these also could be like 80s sitcom characters. <laughs> okay, I'm going to Google it. Let's uh, let's get to the question here from Khan. Yeah, Houston Oilers. <laughs> nice. Yeah, is it? I think so. I don't recognize okay, any Webster of those. Webster Slaughter, Haywood Jeffries. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's not Oilers. Ernest Bider. <coughs> All right, we're playing in a three-quarter PPR. That's weird. Three-quarter PPR 10-team league. We can keep one player every year for an additional season only. You must give up the round selection that you took the player in. What happens if you trade away next year's first-round pick to try to win it all, and you want to keep a player that was drafted in the first round that same season? Exact example. I traded away a first to get Derrick Henry, but he was drafted in a first. What do you do? So he doesn't have that first round pick. He, I don't know how he can keep Derrick Henry in the first. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could give up your first round pick the next year. Um, 
but yeah, I think the more simple answer is you just can't keep Henry. You can't keep a player with a first round designation if you don't have a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I either, agree. either way, there definitely should be a rule and a clear expectation in place. Also, so should I, <laughs> should I keep McCaffrey in the first or Jonathan Taylor in the sixth round? Oh, well then, yeah, it won't even matter. Cause you should keep Jonathan Taylor in the sixth round. Okay. All right. <laughs> right? We're going to take a I break. Mean, uh, in full, oh, it's point seven five PPR. Yeah, I think it depends on what pick I have. Yeah, I guess it's only a ten person league too. So like having, yeah, McCaffrey, McCaffrey yeah, is McCaffrey take. is so much better than everyone. He's just yeah, so much better than everyone in full PPR. In point seven five PPR, he's probably still. I, if it's the first overall pick, I don't know. If it's the tenth pick, I'm taking McCaffrey. If it's somewhere in between, I'll let you. Con decide. All right, we'll take a break here on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, Alex is going to tell us why he thinks Jalen Hurts can win the MVP. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Fantasy Football Today, here's our email from Alex. Remember, our email address, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Letter I. I'm buying into the possibility that Jalen Hurts has a shot at MVP this year because of similarities to Lamar Jackson's MVP season a few years ago and his offense. Lamar had Mark Andrews. Jalen Hurts is Dallas Goddard. We can all say they have similar skill sets. I don't know about that, but we're expecting a huge jump in Goddard's production this year. Lamar's wide receivers were not relevant as much to his success with Brown leading the way with 584 yards. Devontae Smith and Rager should absolutely, absolutely contribute more than that. Uh, Lamar had three Pro Bowl linemen in front of him. Jalen Hurts could have three Pro Bowl linemen in front of him if they're healthy. For the backfield, I know Ingram was was off the charts efficient catching the ball and getting touchdowns, but I'd say Sanders is better now than Ingram was at that point in his career. It goes on. Uh, Lamar made a huge jump in accuracy. Jalen Hurts should be able to do the same. What do you think about that case for Jalen Hurts? I think we're reaching uh, with a lot of these comparisons, um, particularly Goddard to Andrews. I think Andrews is really, really good. He's been one of the most efficient tight ends on a per route basis to play in the last 10 years. Um, I like Dallas Goddard. Um, And I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a decent, you know, long shot to win the MVP, I guess. If you want to place that bet, I don't think it's a bad bet. Um, But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know about some of these comparisons. What do you think? Well, it's hard to forecast that. Right. Um, obviously, they're going to have to be good. I, and that's that's the thing. <laughs> the Ravens were great. They had a great yeah. defense. 
The Eagles could win the division. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't think they're going to win 10 games. Uh, I guess they could go 10 and 7. I don't think they're going to win 11 games. Um, look, what was he on pace for in his four starts, including the Washington game? He was on pace for 20 touchdown passes, but 12 rushing touchdowns and 1,100 rushing yards. So he has almost the same rushing prowess prowess as a starter as Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's got Devontae Smith. Lamar Jackson hasn't had that. Even, even I don't know how good Devontae Smith's going to be, but I'm comfortable saying that Lamar Jackson hasn't had that. Yeah. I, I do see some interesting comparisons. In fact, I know somewhere... Yeah, so his completion percentage was terrible last year, Jalen Hurts, but mm-hmm. his yards per attempt was very similar to Kyler Murray's and Lamar Jackson's as rookies. So... I'm I'm really excited for Hurts. I've been taking him in fantasy pretty pretty often in that um, around, you know, 7-8 range, but I... Uh, like you said, I think there's a big difference between Philadelphia and Baltimore. Yeah. I, the, and that's uh, going to be important for MVP. But, but from a fantasy standpoint, I do think there are similarities between the two going yeah. into their second years. Um, Jackson didn't really blow the doors off as in his, I believe he made eight starts, maybe nine starts as a rookie. Um, and then as a second-year guy, he obviously crushed it. And that rushing potential is, is what it's all about. Okay, this email is from Tyrell. Dear Snake Wyatt. Cash and Steve Stronghold. I th- I don't know who Steve Stronghold is, but I know th- I know these are Kurt Russell characters. Oh, <laughs> uh, I oh yeah, <laughs> right because he, he played Wyatt Earp. Yeah, I don't know about Steve Stronghold either, but that's cool. Who the hell is Steve Stronghold? <laughs> uh, I don't. I can't back up this research from Tyrell, but we're gonna assume he's right. Amateur research shows that only four wide receivers. <laughs> I've had multiple seasons of 1,200 plus yards before the age of 24. Randy Moss, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and DJ Moore. I've heard DJ Moore labeled as a sleeper or a bounce back candidate. Isn't he due for touchdown regression? Is everyone worried about his new quarterback? What's up with DJ Moore, dude? I think DJ Moore is being undervalued. Read that list again and reflect on those names: Randy Moss, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and DJ Moore. The only, according to Tyler Tyrell, uh, the only players who have had multiple seasons of 1,200 plus yards before the age of 24. What's up with DJ Moore, dude? Yeah, I mean, um, he's, his ADP since May 1st on NFC is 55th overall. Uh, just wow. before Adam Thielen, just before Cooper Cup, just after Deontay yeah. Johnson. I mean, so we talked about uh, touchdown dependency rate um, on a podcast recently, and, and Moore was really low. He wasn't quite as low as Robbie Anderson, who had the absolute lowest among qualified receivers, but he had the sixth lowest in 2020. Um, so just 11% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns. And it was actually lower than that in 2019. It was 10%. There definitely are like indicators that suggest he should score more touchdowns. And generally, I like to bet on good players uh, who seem to have had bad luck with variants. And I think more definitely fits that profile. But he just doesn't, he hasn't even really had opportunities to score touchdowns. So last year, he was 25th in end zone targets. Um, he scored exactly zero touchdowns on his 10 end zone targets. And in 2019, he was 55th. He only had six end zone targets. Um, and right. so it's, it's. I mean, he's done the most he can. He's scoring touchdowns from outside of the red zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, quarterback play has been an issue. I don't know if it's going to improve in 2021. Um, I love more as a talent. I think I'm higher than most on him. He's my wide receiver 11 for Dynasty, uh, wide receiver 17 for this year. But 
I don't feel safe reaching for him, assuming that more touchdowns are coming. I say it a lot with DJ Moore. Um, he's got, over the last two seasons, he has about twenty five percent of his team's touchdowns, but they've only thrown right. they've only thrown thirty three. Yeah, and that's terrible in two seasons. And I don't yeah. know that Sam Darnold is going to fix that problem. So if they had thrown thirty, if they had thrown thirty, and he had seven or eight of them, that's a huge jump in twelve hundred yards and seven touchdowns. That's a third round pick, I'd say. But he, you know, it just just the reality of the situation. He doesn't get a lot of touch. He doesn't get a lot of uh, red zone, green zone, end zone targets, and they don't throw a lot of touchdowns. All right, uh, from Eric Whedon from just outside of Denver. You were just in Denver. What's just outside right. of Denver? Uh, there's lots of uh, nice old places. Broomfield, that's a good place. Yeah, there's lots of stuff outside of Denver. Hey, Jimmy, Gerard, and Alfred. Yeah, it's a tough ones today. Jimmy, <laughs> Gerard, and Alfred. By the way, Steve Stronghold is some weird superhero in uh, The Commander, which is a Disney show. <laughs> I don't know it. All right, here's the question as Google does some work. Oh, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> These are butlers. They're butlers. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Gerard Butler, and Alfred the Butler. Good stuff. Wow. All right, I need help uh, with who to keep in a $100 salary cap league. It is non-PPR, three receivers, and two flex, and only one running back. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, so non-PPR, but three receivers, one running back, two flex. I can yeah. keep all of these guys guys for two more seasons. I can keep up to four, for um, but a $20 total. So, okay, I guess that's his cap, only $20. You've got Calvin Ridley for $17 out of $100. you have got you have got Jonathan Taylor at $14. Akers at $11. Tannehill at $3. Jonu Smith at $3. Tunyon for one, Edmonds for one, James Robinson for one. That's interesting. So it's only one running back, but with it being non-PPR, three wide receivers and two flex, it might as well just be three running backs. Like, what's the chance you're starting a fourth wide receiver at the flex in a non-PPR? I I guess it depends. But, like, at first I was It has to be Jonathan Taylor. I mean, let's start with it. It has to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Taylor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think Taylor, Tannehill, Edmonds, and then Tunyon or Robinson, probably. I'd go Robinson. Yeah, I'd go Robinson. Yeah. It's a non-PPR league. I don't think he's going to catch a lot of passes, but he could be their touchdown guy. So, yeah, I like So, yeah, Taylor, Tannehill, Edmonds, Robinson. I like it. Yeah. All right, this is from Kevin. Heath made a comment about how discussing player upside is often thrown out to express a reason for liking someone when they don't have a reason for liking someone. And that reminded me of another nebulous description I hear a lot, calling someone a potential star. I feel like these labels get thrown out to the point where they have become meaningless. It's like the fantasy equivalent of saying every player is in the best shape of his life. Unfortunately, it probably isn't practical to try and quantify the percentage chance that these players achieve results to match the generic descriptors. (laughs) Okay, he doesn't like it when people say he's a potential star. What do you think? I guess I get what he's saying, but I mean, certain players do have, you know, ranges of outcomes that are unique to them that are affected by variables that we can somewhat predictably perceive going into the season. You know, I, I, uh, so yeah, I think some players do have more upside than others. Uh, for example, 
players in high pace, high scoring offenses simply have a higher probability of, you know, producing an RB one or a wide receiver one finish than low volume offenses. DJ Moore is a great example. We just talked about him. Uh, we can feel fairly confident in saying that like he and Robbie Anderson have lower ceilings than Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, you know, just because of the offenses they play in. Um, I don't know that he means, I don't know that Kevin means potential fantasy star, you know, like, like last year I would have said that Miles Sanders is a potential star. Yeah. I guess I was addressing upside more than potential star. You, but I think that you would say that Brandon Ayuk is a potential star and the uh, underlying numbers that you look at have suggested that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. I don't think we could say Kyle Pitts is a potential star. If people, I, I don't agree with you, Kevin, but I, I respect your opinion. Uh, a couple more here from Zach. My buddy offered me Julio Jones and Zeke for A.J. Brown and Jamal Williams in a keeper super flex. Do I take it? I need help at running back. So he would give up A.J. Brown and Jamal Williams, and he would get Julio Jones and Zeke. So it's hard to say for sure without knowing the rules of the keeper league, but being keeper and not dynasty, I I would think that this is a trade you would do. Yeah. You would take the um, Zeke and Julio side. I think so. And I'm super high on AJ Brown, but I think Zeke set up for a really big year. Um, yeah, I think I would do that. Especially yeah. if he needs help at running back, like you said, I would do it too. And our last question is from Andrew in Roanoke, Virginia, Virginia. He says uh, subject line, super flex QB value, Daniel Jones. And then he says, full transparency, I only put Daniel Jones in the subject line to get your attention. It worked. It did. (laughs) Is quarterback or running back more valuable in a super flex league? 12-team PPR super flex. I have the number one pick and can keep this guy for three years. Do you go with McCaffrey or Mahomes? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm one of the biggest Chiefs uh, homers out there, but I would still take McCaffrey number one. The three years thing kind of... Probably put a, put a wrench in that for me because if it was just a one year redraft league, I'm definitely going McCaffrey. Do you feel differently in 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 That's a this keeper format? Yeah. Mahomes certainly has a safer. Like I could definitely see McCaffrey as long as he stays healthy, he should certainly have three more great years in him. He's not old, but no, Mahomes no, is definitely a safer bet over the next three years. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I think I overlooked it. Um, yeah, I think it, you could go with either either one, honestly, at that point. Um, I would be fine taking Mahomes. I was surprised in our Superflex League the other day, you took Dalvin over Mahomes. Is that right? I never take I, I never take the number one quarterback over the truly elite running backs in Superflex. Yeah, and would that change for you, you think, with three years in mind? Yes. Mahomes yeah. would be my first pick with three-year keeper scenario. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah I think that's fair. And... Uh, Kyler would probably be my second pick, then Allen, something like that. I, I think I'd value the quarterbacks a lot more in that dynasty-ish scenario. But redraft, yeah. I still go I still go with the uh, elite running backs first, um, personally. Adam, if it was two years, how would that change it? Like, is oh. that the line for you? Then, then, <laughs> I don't need that right now. One and three. <laughs> I don't need, I'm not Jamie. I'm not Dave. I'm not Heath. I'm not Chris. Don't put... Uh, no, um... <laughs> two years I'd go McCaffrey. Yeah, that's the line. The jump from two to three yeah, years is, so. is a big deal. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Shrags. <laughs> All right, Jacob, thanks for coming on, buddy. 
Heck yeah. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Good stuff. Thank you all uh, for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday on FFT and 5 and FFT. We'll talk to you Tuesday night, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Get Paramount Plus, watch HQ, get, get on Sportsline, read all of Jacob's great content, and uh, see you later, everybody. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.